Welcome to Chatterbox Hub, a podcast specially created for the love of audio. It's dedicated not just on voiceovers, but on all things audio. I'm Yulia Stancheva, a presenter, producer, voice actor and voice director. I have three super agents here in the studio with me, and they're all happy to be disclosed. Camilla Luxton, one of the founders and managing director of Chatterbox Voices. Actress, voice artist, film producer. Joanna Sciocca, senior voiceover and localization manager and agent. And Luciano Cipolla, voiceover and localization manager and agent. We'll elaborate more on how agents build and nurture their relationship with clients. Stay tuned. What is the most challenging and rewarding thing about being an agent? Challenging, I mean, you have to bite your tongue a lot in some projects. Clients are not always the easiest. You have your clients that are the best of friends and you have that rapport and you can bounce off them, call them, say things to them and laugh. And then you have the other clients where you have to essentially be very, very professional and what they say is correct. You say that you spent a lot of your time educating clients. What does that mean? So there's a lot of terminology sometimes or trying to explain to a client who wants something at two o'clock when it's 1.35. Voice artists don't live under a table. We can't just grab them and pick them up and take them to the studio to record. We have to explain usage. We have to explain delivery time, uh, how you know, certain things need to be delivered from the, the client. There's so many factors, but we always try to make sure we get them to understand our point of view. I think most of the time we are explaining usage quite a lot. That's mm. a main factor. So what is usage? You know, online, TV, radio, all of these factors need to be explained because some people don't think having something online should be paid for. And we have to constantly explain, well, you know, you're placing someone's voice online. I mean, online now is huge. Yeah. Everyone goes online. Everything is online now. So there's a lot of kind of explaining to them what it means, why we have to charge. You get the clients that are really, really happy to have all of these responses and kind of collate everything and go back to their end client. But, of course, you get some clients who still don't believe in usage and that they shouldn't be charged for that and so forth. So I think myself and Camilla always have been experts or kind of like always make sure that we want to get the voices a fair, fair mm. fee mm. for what they are doing. I always use this analogy. Mm. If Brad Pitt is going to be paid to record a project that's going to be um, used online, why shouldn't our Bulgarian voice be paid? Maybe not the same fee, but she should be paid to use her voice online. Yeah. It's, it's just one of those concepts you have to kind of drill into the client yeah. and explain to them that, you know, they're being used for their voice. Yeah, exactly. And so if you are the voice of Volvo, say, car manufacturer on, online, um, and it's used a lot, then Ford wouldn't book you as a voice probably, you know, because so you kind of have to be paid for... Um, Exclusivity. For, yeah, and exposure. Um, and it's a bit like yeah, musicians and, and music as well. I mean, mm. you can't just play anyone's music on the radio. You have to pay yeah. royalties. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think as well, we try to explain to clients, or ideally, we try to tell them what's the best 
layout and format for the files that we receive from them mm. and that we then pass on to the voiceover artists, right? In terms of translation. In terms of translation, yeah. but in general, like if I'm printing out a sheet for the voiceover artist to record, I want to have all the information in one place and the most essential information. I don't need extra details that will confuse the voiceover artist when they look at the script. It may bring more question than needed, mm. you know? So sometimes we also have the approach where we, we advise the best kind of format or layout for the scripts to be prepared. We want to make it easy for us, easy for the voiceover artist. And so once you've established those elements that need to be there, then there won't be any further discussion in the future about it. Do you have a guide for clients which describes the process of booking and breaks it down into simple steps? We do have a guide for clients. It's on our website and it's in our booking uh, confirmation. So it would be something like, um, are you going to pay for a linguist or are you going to provide... Uh, Pronunciation because, guide. Yeah. How do you want your abbreviations to be pronounced? Yeah. Also, if there's videos, don't expect that that can be dealt with there and then you can't turn up for a session, a one-hour session with lots of videos. You need to um, send them in beforehand so we can prepare them. And translations need to match to the video. You can't expect the voice to sit and change the script to make it match in one hour that you've booked. A lot of things we do explain all of this at the beginning, don't we? Absolutely. But I think it goes both ways with clients as well. So we need to show them our workflow and, and what happens in our studios. But we're also always interested to hear, you know, what goes on in their office and they say anything we can help them with to, to ease their workflow. Right. So that so that there's this mutual understanding. Uh, again, it's that bridge, you know, that we yeah. are. I think we've been quite lucky as well, haven't we? We've told some clients to come to the studio. Mm. And from that, they've actually gone away and become better mm. from it because they would usually provide us with excel documents and we've always said to them no 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 could you please put it on a word document and then they've come in and watched the voice struggle with an excel document because the tabs haven't been opened and then a word has been missed so they've seen through the the eyes of the recording what they need to change moving forward so how to prepare a better script format how to translate to the video so it's it's always a good thing when we've asked clients to actually come and view a recording so they can benefit from it moving forward the fact that you work so closely with your brilliant sound engineers at your studios at alchemy post really shows that you have the technical know-how and expertise and you know how to bring this into managing your projects successfully yeah yeah we're quite hands-on. Um, I think we're oh, lucky yeah. that we're yeah. close to the studio and we, we know all the engineers and we can ask them any question that is thrown to us by a client and they'll be able mm. to help us. And I think we've learned, I've learned a lot from all the engineers, you know, and basically some engineers. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Gerard. <laughs> I think it's good that we're a close-knit family. It's nice that we can just learn from our engineers and they can learn from us and how about making clients happy Mm, is it (laughs) difficult to make a client happy what does it take i think it's um it's about uh, managing expectations on both sides so both with the voices and with the clients and as an agent you're kind of the bridge between the two um, and you have to do a lot of so-called translation work um (laughs) so say as an example so uh, finnish people I love them dearly. They're often known for being very um, 
uh, they use the word sparingly. So you may write <laughs> on, type up a, a long, elegant email and the only answer you get is yes. <laughs> then, then it is my job as an agent to go back to the client saying... Yes, and so-and-so is <laughs> delighted to come on board your project. So it's about building relationships on both sides, um, which I think also voices and clients benefit from. So they, it takes the worry out of it for them. We, we do all of that and we do the problem solving and we find solutions mm. and way of doing things. And, um, and yeah, we, we often have to come up with quite creative solutions as well. To um, in terms of delivering on time, uh, yeah, and and working closely with clients to help understand what what is the essence of what they want because it's it's hard to all know. It can be hard to to put into words what you're looking for if it's not tangible. Having more than eighty languages on your books mm. uh, means that uh, you probably have international clients from all over the world. Yeah. Which I guess means that you need to have a different approach when it comes to communicating and dealing with customers from around the globe in order for you to understand their culture and uh, how they communicate to mm. avoid misunderstandings and uh, basically anything that could jeopardize a job. Yeah, that's right. So it's every day is a learning curve. And I think we all em embrace the opportunity to learn about, you know, how things are different in different cultures. Um, and it's enriching, you know, it's, it's good fun. It's trial and error as well. You mm. know after your first initial email to a client that you may have not worked with before. We have different India, Italy, Greece. We have different clients from different companies and you just have to do the first initial email and then you will gauge from them in their response how it's going to work moving forward. Mm. So it's... Yeah, it's always a trial and error when it comes to... And just like Camilla says, you kind of have to translate their email to kind of understand, mm, okay, this is what they expect us to say back to them. Let's say, even though in our heads we may be going, okay, this is what we may be doing behind the scenes. Mm. Um, but we want to make sure that the clients are satisfied and happy. And because you're the bridge between the voice artist and the client, you have to make sure that both sides are happy. Absolutely. So sometimes yeah. you have to juggle different people's expectations mm. and to meet somewhere in between. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And that's, that's where the challenge lies, I think, most of the time. I think it's yeah. hard to make sure you're capable of pleasing everyone, especially for us as agents. It's like you try to build this familiar feeling so that the artists feel safe yeah and then on the other side you have a client who keep it on good terms and try to you know create something long lasting and what would be your dream client okay so that would be someone who understands our processes and uh, someone who we feel we can communicate with who delivers um, uh, translations and videos on time and have a realistic expectation of our delivery. Good rapport with clients. I love clients who you can have a conversation with and it's very, it makes projects very smooth and very easy. Mm. I love working with those types of clients. The best relationship with the client is when you both learn from each other. Yeah. yeah. It's like Joe said, I think it's really nice when you have that sense of comfort when... Mm you can have that freedom to talk to a client in a certain way. Like, of course, you know, 
keeping it professional and everything, but to also have that being yourself, familiar, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I think that helps a lot in the relationship and in the way things evolve. There, there's stuff that happens unexpectedly, can be delays or mistakes, yeah. but you deal with those things within that report that you created, which is about, you know, honesty and transparency and making sure that you're doing the best you can, always. Bang Absolutely. On. I think it can be likened to a, a partnership. We like to partner with our clients. Yeah. So right. They feel that we are like an extension of, of their company. So obviously it puts a, a responsibility on us as well to understand where they're coming from so that we can help ease the process. But yeah, it's that working alongside each other like we were one company or one team one family mm, yeah yeah sorry um <laughs> my child was not compliant, not <laughs> compliant. I, guess, <laughs> no. I guess it's difficult when you're trying to combine motherhood with a working career and both you camille and joanna are mothers working mothers <laughs> <laughs> but there are many women who are in your uh, similar situation how do you combine motherhood with the work of a very busy and uh, demanding agent? At which point we both burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> we are not coping at all. <laughs> Mine last night slept here. On your cheek. And coughing in my face. Oh, and then waking up in the morning to drive to here to my parents and getting him up and getting him dressed. And no, mummy, no, no, no. Yeah. It's not easy, is it? Yeah. No. But um, we try, as an employer, I guess, we try to, to offer some flexibility. And uh, But we, what we have in our household is that when we restrict iPad time for our kids, they will say, but mommy, you're on your laptop all the time. And they don't understand the difference. Exactly. I try to say, but I'm not watching YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I know that sometimes voices are coming in the studio and... Uh, they ask you if they can leave uh, the child with mm. you while they are recording at the studio. And it's so sweet of you guys to be able to help. We're actually, voices. we're actually very, very, a lot of our voices have thanked us a lot for the fact that we have a little crash in the back, <laughs> you know, so they can not lose out on a child. And I've, I've looked after three people's children now while they've been recording and it's actually very therapeutic <laughs> one was actually just one month old and it was so therapeutic and it was just oh, so yes. nice <laughs> to then have to hand her or him over oh. back to the parent so um <laughs> We're a friendly family company and obviously if we were very busy we would say no but regardless you know it's you're helping out a fellow voiceover that's just in for an hour or maybe two and you just babysit one <laughs> baby like that, that uh, you know we are multitaskers us women agents and au pairs yeah <laughs> finding the right voice for your audio video campaign is not always easy and straightforward i'm sure you as agents sometimes find yourself in situations where you navigate the client and help them make the right choice by suggesting the suitable voice or at least narrowing down the options of a mm. selection that you have made for them. But if you were to give tips to your clients on how to choose the right voice for their project, what would that be? That's an interesting one, isn't it? So they, we often find that clients may have maybe set on one idea when they come to us, but then that changes in the process because they haven't quite realised how to get from A to B, I guess. So 
I would say if you're unsure, you could always ask for a test read from our voices. Um, and we will already obviously know who we think might be suitable and we can give a selection. And so a short list rather than our client having to listen through all all the voices for that that language. Um, and go for the voice that you feel brings your words alive. You know? Yeah. Um, in the most truthful way. Yeah, and I have a, have a resonance. And I know that there is an established gender stereotype in the world of voiceovers. In advertising, for example, there is a strong tendency to employ male voices more often than female voices due to the belief that male voices sound more convincing. But recent studies show that despite the fact that the most ads typically feature male voices, women overwhelmingly prefer female voices. Mm. Could this be the way to equality in the voiceovers and how you as agents are paving the way for more equality and gender balance in the voiceover industry? It would be interesting to mm, Yeah, to I tell agree because the target group for a lot of advertising is actually women between, I think it's 25 and 40 or something. So whether it's cars or washing machines or nappies or whatever it is, it's often the women who, um, who are, who are yeah. the target groups. So I agree. And we have been quite successful with some of our clients in, in suggesting that they go for a female voice. For instance, this big truck and buses um, company, Scandinavian, where we have used a lot of female voices. Yes. And it's gone down really well. I know that project mm. <laughs> was one of the voices for the Bulgarian language. Mm. And it's interesting to see this specific voiceover area, which is predominantly being populated by male voices. Mm. And it's interesting to see how female voices can bring a different energy to the whole project. Mm. It's a pity more female voices can't get this. Um, we have another massive client of ours who I've had to ask on several occasions. They're talking about cars that women can actually sell and talk about cars as well as men. So let's give them a chance. And... The clients have said yes to the females on some occasions, but then on other occasions they prefer the male to be the speaker because apparently it sells more cars. So we have to, yeah, we have to kind of you know, learn from that and I guess hope that female voices can sell more cars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's, it's, it's hard. A, it's a slow process, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. We were part of a, a really interesting gaming event recently for the Deaf and Disabled um, Equity Committee. And there, it, well, it was a fantastic full-on day. We learned so much. Um, one of the things that was highlighted was that the gaming industry is different from a lot of the other industries within voiceovers because it's very new. So hopefully it won't take as long to change that industry because it it's not yeah. as set as other, as other industries. And what would be the trickiest casting brief that uh, you have received from clients? I think Camilla's got the best one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it is a cross between Father Christmas and the Easter Bunny and has to have a Jamaican accent. <laughs> is this for real? Yeah. This well, is this for happened. real. It would be interesting to see what was your approach to oh, this casting we have, brief. We have one of our voices nailed it. He's, uh, he's fantastic. Yeah. His name is Wayne. I think it's one of the successful stories that myself and Camilla are like, oh, we found someone <laughs> yeah. with a mixture of these two yeah. in a Jamaican accent. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you're as curious as me to listen to the voice talent's response to what seems to be a tricky casting brief, you are in for a treat, as the agents were happy to share the final audio with us in the podcast. 
Ho, ho, ho! Hello, my friends. It's a beautiful day here in Montego Bay. Me name is Father Christmas, and this here's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I'm here to wish you a very happy Easter to you all. Me want you to bring your Christmas trees and Easter bunnies down here to the beach, and we'll all have a fine Thanksgiving feast. Relax, drink some rum, play some music, and just chill. That was the brilliant Wayne Forrester and his super fun approach to the cross of Father Christmas and Jamaican Easter Bunny. How fairness, equality and transparency are illustrated in your relationship with clients mm. and voices. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, all of a sudden, honesty has become a new business model. I, I read in uh, in campaign that uh, now honesty should be an integral part of advertising campaigns. And I thought it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> But so uh, I guess we've been pioneering this for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just uh, standard. We want to be fair. We think that people will enjoy working for us more if we're being fair, both towards the clients and towards our voices. And because we build really good and strong relationships with our clients and our voices, then they are loyal to us too. So then you have a really good relationship and then it's a win-win situation for everyone. Have you had situations where your openness and fairness and transparency has cost you a disappointment in a client or it's more likely the opposite has cost you to win a client over uh, in a very tricky and difficult um Project. Yeah, I think in, in the long run, it will always pay off, to be honest, um, and loyal and have those good, solid uh, quali qualities and ethics. Um, but of course, in, in the short term, yes, we have lost out. Yeah, of course, because someone would always want to go cheaper. Or, But that's okay. Yeah. You lose an opportunity, but we're in it for the long run. So yeah. I know that many of your voices on your books find clients themselves as well. Do you have any tips that you could give them? How a voice can build a strong relationship with the client when there is no agent involved in between? There are a lot of voices with home studios who are very, very proactive and very good at marketing themselves, which I think personally I would find a lot harder because it's easier. I think it's easier to promote someone else yeah. rather than yourself. But it's it's um, again, it's about building relationships and and explaining the process to the client and find out what their client's process is their end as well and then it's again about building this bridge here is our pick of today's outtakes once upon a time there was a little girl called joanna and joanna liked to pretend she knew how to sing <laughs> she always wanted to do an audition at x factor because she thought she could sing The premise of the story is that Joanna thought she could sing. She thought she was Mariah Carey. It was not going to happen because she could not sing the Christmas Mariah Carey song that everybody loves. She tried to do those high notes and they turned into... Ah! Crash! Well, the glass is all smashed, firstly, because the noise coming from Joanna's voice was terrible. And then Mariah Carey did this really bad, shitty commercial where she eats a crisp. <laughs> like that. Do you know what? I don't know what to tell you. The woman got paid seven million trillion pounds to do this. The premise of this story is I'm not going to be Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, All I want for me. Christmas is chatterbox. 
That's all from Chatterbox Hub and part two of Up and Close with the Agents. Camilla Luxton, Joanna Shioka and Luciano Cipolla. From paving the way to equality and gender balance, facing the challenges of a working mom, dealing with the trickiest casting brief and making clients happy. The agents shared generously their knowledge and experience with us. So thank you. If you have any questions for the agents, just drop them an email at info at chatterboxvoices.co.uk. As this podcast aims to be your go-to resource for insights, advice and engagement with all things audio, and not only, I will be inviting more interesting guests, including the fantastic Chatterbox voice talents in the next episodes. Stay tuned.